Section fourteen of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book three. The Sensualists. Chapter one. In the Servants' Quarters. The Karamazovs' house was far from being in the centre of the town, but it was not quite outside it it was a pleasant-looking old house of two stories painted gray with a red iron roof it was roomy and snug and might still last many years there were all sorts of unexpected little cupboards and closets and staircases there were rats in it but fyodor pavlovitch did not altogether dislike them one doesn't feel so solitary when one's left alone in the evening he used to say it was his habit to send the servants away to the lodge for the night and to lock himself up alone the lodge was a roomy and solid building in the yard fyodor pavlovitch used to have the cooking done there though there was a kitchen in the house he did not like the smell of cooking and winter and summer alike the dishes were carried in across the courtyard the house was built for a large family there was room for five times as many with their servants but at the time of our story there was no one living in the house but fyodor pavlovitch and his son ivan and in the lodge there were only three servants old grigory and his old wife marfa and a young man called smerdyakov of these three we must say a few words of old grigory we have said something already he was firm and determined and went blindly and obstinately for his object if once he had been brought by any reasons and they were often very illogical ones to believe that it was immutably right he was honest and incorruptible his wife marfa ignatyevna had obeyed her husband's will implicitly all her life yet she had pestered him terribly after the emancipation of the serfs she was set on leaving fyodor pavlovitch and opening a little shop in moscow with their small savings but grigory decided then once for all that the woman's talking nonsense for every woman is dishonest and that they ought not to leave their old master whatever he might be for that was now their duty do you understand what duty is he asked marfa ignatyevna i understand what duty means grigory vassilievitch but why it's our duty to stay here i never shall understand marfa answered firmly well don't understand then but so it shall be and you hold your tongue and so it was they did not go away and fyodor pavlovitch promised them a small sum for wages and paid it regularly grigory knew too that he had an indisputable influence over his master it was true and he was aware of it fyodor pavlovitch was an obstinate and cunning buffoon yet though his will was strong enough in some of the affairs of life as he expressed it he found himself to his surprise extremely feeble in facing certain other emergencies he knew his weaknesses and was afraid of them there are positions in which one has to keep a sharp lookout and that's not easy without a trustworthy man and grigory was a most trustworthy man many times in the course of his life 
fyodor pavlovitch had only just escaped a sound thrashing through grigory's intervention and on each occasion the old servant gave him a good lecture but it wasn't only thrashings that fyodor pavlovitch was afraid of there were graver occasions and very subtle and complicated ones when fyodor pavlovitch could not have explained the extraordinary craving for some one faithful and devoted which sometimes unaccountably came upon him all in a moment it was almost a morbid condition corrupt and often cruel in his lust like some noxious insect fyodor pavlovitch was sometimes in moments of drunkenness overcome by superstitious terror and a moral convulsion which took an almost physical form my soul's simply quaking in my throat at those times he used to say at such moments he liked to feel that there was near at hand in the lodge if not in the room a strong faithful man virtuous and unlike himself who had seen all his debauchery and knew all his secrets but was ready in his devotion to overlook all that not to oppose him above all not to reproach him or threaten him with anything either in this world or in the next and in case of need to defend him from whom from somebody unknown but terrible and dangerous what he needed was to feel that there was another man an old and tried friend that he might call him in his sick moments merely to look at his face or perhaps exchange some quite irrelevant words with him and if the old servant were not angry he felt comforted and if he were angry he was more dejected it happened even very rarely however that fyodor pavlovitch went at night to the lodge to wake grigory and fetch him for a moment when the old man came fyodor pavlovitch would begin talking about the most trivial matters and would soon let him go again sometimes even with a jest and after he had gone fyodor pavlovitch would get into bed with a curse and sleep the sleep of the just something of the same sort had happened to fyodor pavlovitch on alyosha's arrival alyosha pierced his heart by living with him seeing everything and blaming nothing moreover alyosha brought with him something his father had never known before a complete absence of contempt for him and an invariable kindness a perfectly natural unaffected devotion to the old man who deserved it so little all this was a complete surprise to the old profligate who had dropped all family ties it was a new and surprising experience for him who had till then loved nothing but evil when alyosha had left him he confessed to himself that he had learnt something he had not till then been willing to learn i have mentioned already that grigory had detested adelaida ivanovna the first wife of fyodor pavlovitch and the mother of dmitri and that he had on the contrary protected sophia ivanovna the poor crazy woman against his master and any one who chanced to speak ill or lightly of her his sympathy for the unhappy wife had become something sacred to him so that even now twenty years after he could not bear a slighting allusion to her from any one and would at once check the offender externally 
grigory was cold dignified and taciturn and spoke weighing his words without frivolity it was impossible to tell at first sight whether he loved his meek obedient wife but he really did love her and she knew it marfa ignatyevna was by no means foolish she was probably indeed cleverer than her husband or at least more prudent than he in worldly affairs and yet she had given in to him in everything without question or complaint ever since her marriage and respected him for his spiritual superiority it was remarkable how little they spoke to one another in the course of their lives and only of the most necessary daily affairs the grave and dignified grigory thought over all his cares and duties alone so that marfa ignatyevna had long grown used to knowing that he did not need her advice she felt that her husband respected her silence and took it as a sign of her good sense he had never beaten her but once and then only slightly once during the year after fyodor pavlovitch's marriage with adelaevna ivanovna the village girls and women at that time serfs were called together before the house to sing and dance they were beginning in the green meadows when marfa at that time a young woman skipped forward and danced the russian dance not in the village fashion but as she had danced it when she was a servant in the service of the rich musov family in their private theatre where the actors were taught to dance by a dancing-master from moscow grigory saw how his wife danced and an hour later at home in their cottage he gave her a lesson pulling her hair a little but there it ended the beating was never repeated and marfa ignatyevna gave up dancing god had not blessed them with children one child was born but it died grigory was fond of children and was not ashamed of showing it when adelaida ivanovna had run away grigory took dmitri then a child of three years old combed his hair and washed him in a tub with his own hands and looked after him for almost a year afterwards he had looked after ivan and alyosha for which the general's widow had rewarded him with a slap in the face but i have already related all that the only happiness his own child had brought him had been in the anticipation of its birth when it was born he was overwhelmed with grief and horror the baby had six fingers grigory was so crushed by this that he was not only silent till the day of the christening but kept away in the garden it was spring and he spent three days digging the kitchen garden the third day was fixed for christening the baby meantime grigory had reached a conclusion going into the cottage where the clergy were assembled and the guests had arrived including fyodor pavlovitch who was to stand godfather he suddenly announced that the baby ought not to be christened at all he announced this quietly briefly forcing out his words and gazing with dull intentness at the priest why not asked the priest with good-humoured surprise because it's a dragon muttered grigory a dragon what dragon grigory did not speak for some time it's a confusion of nature he muttered vaguely but firmly and obviously unwilling to say more 
they laughed and of course christened the poor baby grigory prayed earnestly at the font but his opinion of the new-born child remained unchanged yet he did not interfere in any way as long as the sickly infant lived he scarcely looked at it tried indeed not to notice it and for the most part kept out of the cottage but when at the end of a fortnight the baby died of thrush he himself laid the child in its little coffin looked at it in profound grief and when they were filling up the shallow little grave he fell on his knees and bowed down to the earth he did not for years afterwards mention his child nor did marfa speak of the baby before him and even if grigory were not present she never spoke of it above a whisper marfa observed that from the day of the burial he devoted himself to religion and took to reading the lives of the saints for the most part sitting alone and in silence and always putting on his big round silver-rimmed spectacles he rarely read aloud only perhaps in lent he was fond of the book of job and had somehow got hold of a copy of the sayings and sermons of the god-fearing father isaac the syrian which he read persistently for years together understanding very little of it but perhaps prizing and loving it the more for that of late he had begun to listen to the doctrines of the sect of flagellants settled in the neighbourhood he was evidently shaken by them but judged it unfitting to go over to the new faith his habit of theological reading gave him an expression of still greater gravity he was perhaps predisposed to mysticism and the birth of his deformed child and its death had as though by special design been accompanied by another strange and marvellous event which as he said later had left a stamp upon his soul it happened that on the very night after the burial of his child marfa was awakened by the wail of a new-born baby she was frightened and waked her husband he listened and said he thought it was more like some one groaning it might be a woman he got up and dressed it was a rather warm night in may as he went down the steps he distinctly heard groans coming from the garden but the gate from the yard into the garden was locked at night and there was no other way of entering it for it was enclosed all around by a strong high fence going back into the house grigory lighted a lantern took the garden key and taking no notice of the hysterical fears of his wife who was still persuaded that she heard a child crying and that it was her own baby crying and calling for her went into the garden in silence there he heard at once that the groans came from the bath-house that stood near the garden gate and that they were the groans of a woman opening the door of the bath-house he saw a sight which petrified him an idiot girl who wandered about the streets and was known to the whole town by the nickname of lizaveta smerdyaschaya stinking lizaveta had got into the bath-house and had just given birth to a child she lay dying with the baby beside her she said nothing for she had never been able to speak but her story needs a chapter to itself end of section fourteen